five, four, three, two, one. We can't even call this bonus now anymore because I guess it's just tradition. Uh, so welcome to the second Take a Gander episode where we discuss things that we wanted the other to take a gander at or something. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. It's pretty much like a, hey, I suggest you do this. And then really we're just making the other person do it so we have an excuse to make online content. <laughs> yeah, I think too it's it's kind of a cool way to to see what the other one's interested in um and then have a discussion about it have a, a specific discussion about it mm-hmm. kind of uh, right around the realms of things we would have done if you'd still live back here really i think this entire podcast is just a a great way for you and i just to stay connected yeah that's true that's very true we we make an effort to have um uh, an actual conversation like uh, over the phone at least once a week um even when like we take a week off where we don't record anything we we try to have at least like a five or ten minute you know quick quick catch up um but yeah no it's it's definitely gonna be an interesting one uh i feel like i have a lot of thoughts about the things you told me to do but first we're getting ahead of ourselves we should probably introduce each other because you know someone could just find this podcast out of the blue um true so you're jeremy i'm jeremy i am uh you're bradley Uh, yeah i'm bradley we talk about things that we like to do and we like to like what our passions are and stuff um, yeah, you know, I was I was thinking about this the other day. I wonder how many people that have listened to this podcast are wondering, what in the hell does above the board mean anyway? Yeah, you never really... So, yeah, that's true. Because people will ask me whenever, like, I tell them that I have a podcast or whatever at, at work, and they're like, oh, what's it called? And I'll tell them, I'm like, oh, what's that mean? I can't give them a shot, because I don't remember what you told me. <laughs> <laughs> So if if you've checked our logo out, you see a lot of different things on there. And we have things like a, a play button uh, because obviously we're doing a podcast. We also like media, uh, movies, music, things like that. So we thought that was encompassing of that. Mm-hmm. We have a meeple because we talk about board gaming. We have a D20 because we talk about RPGing. Uh, we have a, a camera aperture because I used to do photography. I think you kind of gotten into photography a little bit here and there, like iPhone or phone photography type of deal. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we kind of put this together because at the end of the day, and in the center, it's a, it's a microphone because that's you and I talking. Um, at the end of the day, we like to sit here and have this conversation at the table. And I think that it is such a neat bit of history to really understand what the table is. And in the olden days, ye old days, and go ahead. I'll let you, I'm giving you an open shot. Go ahead. In the old days... Well, I mean, yeah, you're old. <laughs> I think you're, yeah. you're, you're older than me. I'm, right I'm the young guy. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm so used to this now. So in the older days, uh, people would keep the table. It would be a board. It'd be like a, a couple of planks or it'd be a, you know nailed together, or screwed together, whatever. And it would hang up on the wall. And then they would put the, the table down and that would be the board. So the phrase above the board or keep your hands above the board uh, for keeping people honest, keeping things above the board is just a way to have an honest conversation with one another. And I thought it'd be kind of neat because I feel like all of our conversations tend to be pretty vulnerable, pretty open and just outright honest. And we wanted to invite you listeners into these conversations that we have. So 
When people say, what does above the board mean, we can say, it means we're going to sit you down at our table and let you hear an honest conversation with us. Yes. So. Speaking of honesty, I got up and got uh, another beer <laughs> while you're talking. <laughs> nice. I'm currently drinking coffee. So what? So we, we discussed a little bit about what above the board is and kind of what we mm-hmm. do. And you sort of threw out there what this take a gander is. But what is this take a gander, this specific one? What are we doing so today? So this take a gander, is, we are going to talk about um, three movies. Um, we both have a Disney Plus subscription, or at least you used to. I don't know if you still have yours. Um, I get it here and there. Okay, yeah. So I, I actually was, I, as soon as they announced it and like let you buy it, I, I did it. Because um, I had like a deal on my phone or whatever, my phone plan. So I've had it mm-hmm. since then. Um, so you gave me two two movies to watch. I, I the did. only movie I could think of to suggest, um, you had to pay for it. So I only just give you one um, <laughs> to make it fair. <laughs> uh, so I, I told you to watch um, a movie, a little movie from like two years ago, or I guess through... It, 2017 or 2016. I think it was started in 2016, but released in 2017. Yeah, something like that. With Colossal. Yeah, Colossal. You you told me to watch um, Hamilton and The Greatest Showman, two musicals that are on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. I've never seen them. I don't even... The only musical I've ever seen uh, was um, Les Mis, like way back when it came out. Oh, man. Uh, and I did enjoy Les Mis. I need to go back and rewatch it because I... Love all the actors in it, and I, I thought it was really cool when I did watch it. Um, I don't remember much about it. So you were already familiar with, you're already familiar with them with Hugh Jackman and his wonderful singing yes, voice. Yes, like Hugh Jackman is my lord. He's a, um, a, a, a very talented, handsome man. Um, <laughs> yes, he is. So and funny, very fun. It's God. I, we we could probably do a Hugh Jackman podcast, honestly. Um, but uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> you you told me to watch those. Um, I don't believe you had anything specific that you wanted me to look out for questions to answer. You just wanted me to watch no. them and tell me tell you what you what I thought. Um, I was pretty similar with Colossal, uh, Colossal, but I did tell you to go in blind, and I told you to go in with a question: uh, What does it represent in mind? I don't know. That was that was weeks yes. ago, so you might have forgotten that. No, I didn't. Okay. I I went into it that way, and I I didn't even check the Internet Movie Database. I actually, when I was looking for the movie, so to old. figure out, um, yeah, because I said the Internet Movie yeah. Database. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I get teased about this all the time. But I do use the app. I do use the IMDB app. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. And here's here's a little side tangent. Okay. I know. Don't start no, that no, again. it's all good. Um, when, when I was younger... Uh-huh. My dad used to get the books from Blockbuster. Now, see, my back in the day with Blockbuster, I would go to my dad's house. My parents are divorced, and I would go to my dad's house on the weekend, and we would go to Blockbuster when he was dating, uh, who became my stepmother. Mm-hmm. We would get, like, six or seven movies for the weekend. Yep. And we'd come home, and we'd watch, you know, one or two movies that night, and then we'd watch, like, one or two the next day, so on and so forth. So as I got older, we would have all these talks about movies and music. And he had a lot of vinyl records. But one of the conversations that we had continuously, and I always loved it, was that um, we would talk about movies and then, like, it would kind of tangent from one actor to the next. And this is before the Internet Movie Database. Uh So you had these books that you would get from Blockbuster or other places, and it had all of these movies in it. And it had 
all these different actors and stuff in it. And you could sort of cross-reference and whatnot. It was like a dictionary of movies. And it was so cool. An encyclopedia of huh. movies. And it was so cool. But you had to recall a lot of that information. So we had these great conversations about all these different films and these different actors and stuff, similar to what people do now. But we couldn't just go to IMDb and click on their name and look at you had to constantly like, oh, man, what was that movie? Oh, and we and that, you know, spawned great conversation. I think I think in through time, we've kind of lost that to some degree because we don't we're not forcing ourselves to remember things. We lose a an element of conversation because of that. Um, so this kind of like harkens back to that. And I think it's why I like these take a gander so much because it reminds me of. Younger days with my family and, and just kind of having these discussions. Yeah, that. But anyway, there's been many conversations like that, you know, that I've taken part in that I've seen online with other content creators about the whole nowadays you have all this information at like the, the tips of your fingers, just able to go on to your phone or online and look all this up. Um, I, for one, I that's the only way that I ever really have engaged in those conversations so i'm a fan I, I like it i like being able to say what movie was that if i can find just if i can yeah. remember one thing about a movie like if i don't remember anything about a movie but like just one actor or one like producer or studio or whatever i can within a couple taps of my finger be able to tell you everything about that movie and i think that's really great um personally for me but yeah I, it is but it makes the knowledge kind of ephemeral but, yeah um, but but with that i the only thing that I looked up on uh, IMDb mm-hmm. was after I found the movie to rent, I wanted to make sure it was the right year. Uh, and I, I had a feeling once I looked at it, like, okay, this has got to mm-hmm. be it. Because there were two different pictures. Um, oh, really? On, uh, yeah, one on Amazon and the one on Apple. The one on Amazon Prime uh, movie and the one on Apple uh, were different covers uh, so i was like okay i wanted to, so i just wanted to make sure i was getting the right one but they were the same one they just had different covers so i didn't read anything about it i just saw that i was like okay cool i got it and then uh went ahead and purchased it and i hit play yeah so how do you want to do do you want to do you want to talk about colossal first or do you want to like have me talk about one of the movies and then you talk about colossal and then i talk about the other movie how do you want to do it um, go back and forth how about you start okay yeah, let's go back and forth. How about you start? Okay, um, so I'm going to start out uh, on a more positive light. Uh, I'm, uh, I, I believe wholeheartedly in starting out positive and ending positive. Uh, so I'll talk about ha- Hamilton first. Holy shit, man. I am ashamed to have slept on Hamilton for so long and for as long as I did. Um, Me too. I, it's amazing. It, it lives up to the hype in every ounce, like in every way. It lives up to it, and in some, it even surpasses it. Um, I, yeah, so do you remember what you said to me when I told you I was watching Hamilton? The whole reason this even came No, up? I don't. Do you remember what you told I don't. me? You said, oh, are you going to be a Hamilton fanboy now? <laughs> um, yes. Well, I am too, baby. Let's. <laughs> we're going to embark on that together. Holy shit, dude. It was amazing. Spoiler alert. We loved it. It was great. <laughs> I have So I have several like uh, little... like. Well, several. I have like probably a full page worth of notes here on my phone of just like things like, oh, that I love that. Write that down. Um, so first thing I oh, put, I'm, say, go ahead. I'm anxious to hear okay. this. I'm just anxious to hear this. So the first thing I put down, um, I am a huge fan uh, of the uh, different actors that got to play other roles. Um, specifically, uh, Philippa Sue. She played Eliza. Um, I thought she did amazing with her okay. like facial, um, like acting. Um, 
the part so this is spoilers i guess for the story of a man who's been dead 200 years um the part where uh at the end where um hamilton um well first when hamilton's son um was his name philip right when philip yes. dies and she just like screams that scream oh it's like oh my god that's great uh like it's sad it's horrible it's it's heartbreaking but it's like it tugs mm-hmm. at your heart so well um and then the whole part uh, with um, who lives, who dies, who tells your story at the very end um, mm-hmm. with Eliza. I love that. I thought it was really, really cool, really beautiful for them to end it like that. Um, gosh, I have all these other actors. Leslie Odom Jr. played Aaron Burr. I thought he was great. He had the very like, he was very um, also good with his facial um, acting, like playing that conflicted um, character of like, you know, on the one hand, he likes Hamilton. On the other hand, he's like, Hamilton's like his enemy, his friend. Like that juxtaposition is just really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. David Diggs, he played uh, Lafayette and um, Jefferson. I love Lafayette uh, whenever he would be able to sing. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Jackson, I thought was a great character. He's very like, yeah, I'm hot shit. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? That was great. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, gosh, I'm going to butcher his name. Um, Okiriete on Dawan played Hercules, uh, Mulligan and, um, Madison. Um, I thought he was very like, he, he took charge of the stage whenever he was on it. Like whenever he would do like his, like the center, he would take uh, center stage whenever he would be singing and rapping. I thought so he just, too. Like my eyes were drawn to him. I was like, holy shit. He commands presence, which is like awe dropping to see. Um, Chris Jackson is George Washington. My Lord, like talk about phenomenal fucking acting. Like, he out of all of them he blew me far and away as like the one i was like holy shit he like the oh got the part where he's like go home hamilton oh so good so yes good. so good uh do you want me to keep going yeah or do you have I, anything to talk about the actors? yeah that's up to you well i mean like i i found that i mean the acting obviously was superb uh-huh. and uh you can't not talk about uh was it king george oh yeah uh, I don't remember his name. I can actually look it up while you talk. Uh, Jonathan Groff. Jonathan Groff, yes. So he was great, too. Watching, he was fantastic. He actually stopped, from what I was reading, he stopped being on Broadway right before they started filming this, and they brought him back, or he asked to come back mm-hmm. for that part to do the film. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was great. He did a, an amazing job of that. Definitely a, a throwback to Elton John style of music. I, I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty wild. Um, I think uh, Lin Manuel did just oh my goodness, just amazing. I I think the thing that took me by surprise with this right from the get go because I, I wasn't really certain how I was going to enjoy watching mm-hmm. a musical stage production. Like I like musicals. I've been watching musicals since I was a very young boy. Uh, I loved watching like the old Frank Sinatra, Gene Kelly movies. They just blew me away, like Anchors Away, Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Like these are good movies. They're kind of wholesome. They're kind of fun. Uh, great music and whatnot. But they're movies that are musicals. So to watch this, and I don't mind going to musicals, but to watch that on television seemed a little weird. Uh-huh. So when he first opens up uh, with, was it My Name is Hamilton? I think it was. Uh, uh-huh. I was like, holy cow, you. I never even considered a musical that raps mm-hmm. like, okay, like you're killing it right now. This is, and I love that sort of, like, I really think that is very New York style rap. Like that's, that was 
back in the 80s and 90s kind of flow Mm -hmm. um the cadence of it sort of flowed that way and i i really dig that coming from the east coast like that's i kind of drawn more to that and being old enough to remember that i think lin-manuel and i are about the same age right Uh, so it's it was definitely cool to hear that and just lyrically i was just blown away by you know history and rap this is great everybody wants to learn history now yeah no for sure like yeah lin-manuel Moretta, he did a phenomenal fucking job of of incorporating all these like juxtaposing um styles and like it just everything about it was just so good i think he did a really, really good job of bringing that story to life and on top of that it's a good story of like you know taking control of your own destiny and and not letting other mm-hmm. people put you in a box or put you down or put you in in a specific place that they want you to be in and and like he said like the whole like there's a reason that a pervading line throughout the whole thing was i'm not gonna waste my shot like it's yeah it, mm-hmm. or no i'm not gonna throw throw away my shot um just so so good um and along that i really liked the connectivity between each songs like um how they kept bringing in like the line of um satisfied or you know i'm not gonna throw away my shot mm-hmm. like all like wait for it all this stuff was just so so well put together is masterfully done yeah i i really hope after watching that that i i hope he continues to write musicals mm-hmm. um, and, and i hope that he moves into making them for film uh spoiler alert for the rest of this i actually prefer uh, musicals in film form, not necessarily the stage production. While I did enjoy this, and I did think that the camera work on yes, this was it phenomenal. really was like that was another thing that I I I definitely noticed like in the moment, but it just kind of got lost in the shuffle when I was trying to like rethink of like all the things that were so great about it. Um, and like it, it's not like I don't know. There's some movies that the camera work is at a level where when you think back on it, you're like oh yeah, that was really good. But like you don't necessarily notice mm-hmm. it in the moment, and then there's like the the step just below it where the ca- the camera work is amazing, but it's too like noticeable that you notice it, you know. Um, like, yeah. well, it was I definitely think, in the former category for this me. Cam- yeah, yeah. No, I think what made it good was that because it was a stage production, you didn't feel like you were sitting in a theater watching a stage production. Mm-hmm. It felt the camera work was done. Um, with with that in mind, so you had you definitely had some aerial work, you had some lower work. I mean, there was it was multi you know, multi angled mm-hmm. shoot, and I think that was just was great. I, I think that was really good, and I think that took it kind of helped ease that transition of watching a stage production on television. Yes. Mm-hmm. I bet you. So I, I really do wonder because I I've never sat down for a play like outside of just like school plays um i think i went to one mm-hmm. um i went to one like college um level school play uh that my friend um i think he was i don't remember if he was actually part of it or he just got tickets because he we went to the same school um but that one was cool but it, like i've never really i don't have a lot of uh experience with watching um musicals in the like play stage format um so i i can't speak to that but man it was it was fucking phenomenal yeah yeah it wasn't it i mean it's it's obviously broadway level production i mean it was a broadway production Uh, it was done over i believe this was filmed over the course of three different productions or three different uh, Mm -hmm. shows 
and you know they, they knew they were doing it for this, so it was really pushed forward. I, I yeah, I was absolutely blown away. I didn't know a lot about Hamilton. The only thing I really knew was that he was shot in a duel. That's kind of the only thing I remembered right. about him uh, from history. So while I was watching it, I, I was reading about him and trying to figure out. I mean, there was some liberties taken yeah, in sure. it. I thought it was an interesting that it was based off of a biography that was recently written. Um, the biographer was not happy about the musical adaptation, yeah. <laughs> uh, but then turned around turned around and went to the show nine times and paid for each one, apparently. Nice. So, yeah. So, at the end, even though they took a couple of liberties here and there, uh, like, there was speculation about Hamilton and um, Eliza's sister, and you kind of see that yeah. in the in, in the show. Angelica? Um, I, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you see that a little bit in there. Um, so, there was that speculation. There was a lot of different interesting things that were sort of taken on uh for the film but not so much again that the biographer didn't he still felt that it stayed pretty true to um the story of hamilton which i thought was interesting but i'll tell you so here's the reason why this cap i mean all these things are true and i I Mm -hmm. love it and i liked what this is but i'm going to tell you the one thing that really grabbed a hold of me um this is a story about our founding fathers, and in light of everything that happened last mm-hmm. year and the movement that went forward with Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter, this is a story about our founding fathers who we now know were not like Thomas Jefferson. There's a whole big thing mm-hmm. there, you know. So historically speaking, there's, a, there's some really bad sections of history. And this is a group of people, um, people of color, uh, you had, I mean, everything from Hispanic, black, uh, Jamaican, well, I guess black and Jamaican, um, Asian. I mean, you mm-hmm. had people of color came together to tell a story in New York utilizing their voice. A, you know, you cannot argue that rap music came from uh, the black community in New York. Yeah. And I found this to be so enriching. And when we talk about we want to, you know, we want to uplift these black voices and we want to, we really kind of want to show the, and obviously the world knows that, you know, black people are talented, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But what we want to see is we want to see more of it. Like we want to shed more light on this and we want to kind of build that equality across the board. And I think, I think Lin-Manuel did an amazing job of taking a traditionally quotation white story Mm -hmm. that, Typically would have been um, – nobody would have wanted to listen to it, to be honest with you. I don't think today's society would have wanted to listen to the story of Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And I think Lin-Manuel made a wonderful um, – he took a shot of being able to bring these two cultures and stories, these two histories together right. to create something that is uniquely today – um, and shows just how we can we can retell stories in new ways that resonate with all people. Yeah. You and I think that's you absolutely absolutely dude. It is important. It's it's I think the most important thing we could do right now. You hit it on the nail, dude. Like I I got about halfway through my list of like all the things I loved about it, and like the very last thing I put was like the one that hit me the most, and that's exactly what you just said. Um, you know, you know me. I'm a, a huge fan of juxtaposition, just in general. Um, especially in storytelling, 
but I love it even more when there's like another additional layer to it besides just like the surface layer. Um, and I think Miranda was able to do that um, so beautifully with with uh, with Hamilton the production because like yeah he could have taken just either one of those different aspects and like you know told the story of America's founding fathers through the lens of a diverse uh, tick, uh, diverse cast or he could have told tell mm-hmm. it through the um, lens of like uh, hip hop and, and modern like rap and hip hop music uh modern esque, I guess, because it's yeah, like you said, it's a little bit older style. Um but mm-hmm. the fact that he was able to do it both of those and do it so well where it was just flawless, it was just honestly beautiful. Like it was it, I like I'm blown away. Like I loved it. And you know, it it does make me wonder if the choice to have a white King George was intentional to sort of see that um as you say the juxtaposition uh, but to see that that analog of mm-hmm. the racial inequality, but being able to see that also how uh, our founding fathers, how America started and how that same sort of mm-hmm. injustice was happening and how we were fighting back there to sort of, I don't, I don't know, I, to kind of balance um, the two or, or at least not necessarily balance the two, but I guess to put the two next to each other to be able to sort of make your own decision on it. And I'm wondering if that was in... Uh, a specific choice I, made, an intentional would, choice, or if it just I, know, maybe, I would guess so. Like, I, I think there are so many obvious choices that were made in all other aspects of the production that it would be it would be more surprising mm-hmm. to me that that wasn't that that was just happenstance um, than if it was like a, a typical or not a, a um a fuck what's the word I'm looking for a a specific choice that that he made. Um. I'm trying to think. I don't remember ever. I think I think King George was like the only other. I think he was the only white I actor so that was named. I think I there. Think I so. think I want to yeah, say I saw. I so. um, which it doesn't matter because a few of the ensembles the troop, um, yeah. cast. I'm sure probably was, but that's another thing I want to talk about the ensemble. Um, I think they did an amazing job of. Because um, like I don't know plays. Like you have to have like that ensemble like of the dancing and the singing to help like elevate it and help progress like not only like the props on stage but also just the stage in general. And I think it's um it's a definitely an integral part of the play of any play like that. And the fact that they were able to do it so mm-hmm. well and do it to a perfect level where like if they had if it had been you know worse or not as well as it could have done, then it would have made the the whole production suffer. But it didn't. And I think. I think the ensemble did an amazing job as well. I do as well. Yeah. I, I think, that, yeah, again, it, kudos, Hamilton, yep. fantastic musical. We um, could gush about it all day, I, I'm sure. I, yeah, I would say that if you haven't watched this yet, even if you're not a huge fan of musicals, but if you even have a, a – if you like them even a little, if there's at least one musical out there you like, if you like um, – if you're into rap music, if you like history, if – you know, yeah. I mean, it's just—it's. Or honestly, if you just really is a fantastic. Honestly, movie. if you just want to broaden your horizons and look at more of these uh, black creators that are putting their voice out there, and that, like you said earlier, Jeremy, that we need to elevate. Like, even if that is your only goal to go in and like broaden your horizons and have new experiences and look at things through another lens, it'd be a great uh, starting stone. Yeah, I think. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you liked I, it. Yeah, thank you for making me go watch it. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. Awesome. It's going to replay in my head constantly, so, I'm sure. <laughs> I might have to get Disney Plus again. I only get it when The Mandalorian comes That's out. That's fair. And then I watch it for the season, and then I get rid of it again. So maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll get it again here in a couple of months and go back and rewatch yeah. it. Uh, so you had mm-hmm. me watch this movie, Colossal. Now, <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> I don't even know what to say. So I've got notes here, and I'm I'm trying to think of how to how to bring it. <laughs> so so Colossal is a movie. It's a movie, all right. Uh, When I saw the actors in it, I was pretty excited. Mm -hmm. Uh, It has Anne Hathaway and Jason... Sudeikis. I don't know how to say... Is that how you say his name? I'm wondering. Sudeikis. Mm -hmm. Okay. I I love him. I watch him in, obviously, Saturday Night Live, numerous other things, but uh, recently in Ted Lasso on Apple TV, Mm -hmm. and I absolutely adore him in that show. It's fantastic. Um and I just have a lot of respect for his style of acting and his style of comedy. Right. Uh, so I was, I went into this like, okay, this is going to be cool. This ought to be fun. Um, well, then the opening scene happens. <laughs> and I'm like, what in the hell? Uh, okay, Godzilla? I don't, I don't know what's going on here. Um, so I guess before we go, I'm gonna, it is, I mean, it's like a couple years old, but fuck it. I still, I still would suggest anybody like to go watch it without knowing anything about it. So spoilers are incoming. Yes. Yeah. I was, I was going to say that as well. Like, yeah, it's, I'm going to absolutely spoil <laughs> this because, well, hell we're, we're having a conversation about it. It'd be a weird conversation if yeah. I didn't. Um, so yeah, um, this story is about a girl who is struggling with her life. Mm-hmm. She's an alcoholic, yep. um, living with a guy. She leaves, she goes back to her hometown and she's trying to get her life together. Uh, basically, he throws mm-hmm. her out uh, because he wants her to get her life together. Um, and she meets a guy. Well, she reken- uh, rekindles a connection with a childhood mm-hmm. friend. Um, and th- he owns a bar, and they start hanging out, and she starts drinking again. Well, all about the time that this happens, there's also this large... What is the name of uh, those? Ka- those like kaiju monsters? is like the like kaiju. The pop culture term. Okay, yeah, giant so monster. There is a kaiju <laughs> that appears in Seoul, mm-hmm. uh, Korea, South Korea, and it does some damage and then it goes away. Just appears and then goes away. Uh, and this happens a couple of times, and then at some point, she un- realizes that. It happens when she walks through this park at 8.05 a.m. Mm-hmm. So anytime she comes into this, the, the realm of this park uh, in this hometown, this kaiju Which is, appears. Coincidentally, it, is usually when she's like ahead. walking home still drunk. Drunk. And like she, yeah. Yeah, still drunk. Because that was her thing. She would stay out all night, drink all night, and then she'd come home. And uh, well, somehow, some way... Uh, and and I'll explain how I feel about this in a minute, but she realizes that this thing appears and it is basically doing her actions. Mm-hmm. So she, you know, she's sitting there watching it on television because it's hot news now. You know, kaiju appears, yep. destroys buildings. That becomes international news. Uh, she realizes that she can go in there and wave and it waves and all this weird stuff. Uh, so then she tells her friends. Mm-hmm. 
Then he ends up, the, the guy that owns the bar, ends up going in at one point to help her, and a new kaiju appears in the form of a robot. Yep. And that's him. <laughs> so, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and now there's this layer of these two kaiju that are coming, this international uh, chaos, mm-hmm. and then these two coming to terms with this ability that they have, or I guess ability, um, and then sort of that's where the climax of the story, or as I guess the uh, the catalyst of the story starts to to change, mm-hmm. or that be- I guess that is the catalyst of the story, and then it, it starts to rise up into uh, the the climax of these yeah. two sort of going the stakes, at it. The stakes change I, at that point is when they both realize that they're both yeah. these um, kaijus, pretty much. Yeah. And we we find out later on that it's... <laughs> that apparently when they were young kids, which is... Tw- when the scene opens up in the movie, it's, it's 25 years earlier, and we find out what had happened was the girls' project... Uh, went, blew away from her hands, and when they went to go get it in this construction site, which happens to be the same place the park was, <laughs> um, instead of him picking it up for her, he stomps it to hell, uh-huh. and she gets really mad, gets hit with lightning, he gets hit with lightning, they both kind of pass out, and I guess she had a like a lizard toy in her bag, and he had a robot toy in his bag. <laughs> Okay. Is that a good enough synopsis? I mean, can we we end the synopsis uh, there? Yes, because, yeah, I think so, because there's still more to the story to explore, which I'm sure we will. Yeah. Um, So I guess after all of that, what do you think, obviously you know what it now means whenever I ask you what does it represent? The kaiju. What does it represent to you? Like, what do you think it represents in the story? Um, Okay. I think... Um, and I, that was my last thing. Uh, what does it mean? Oh well, if you have other things that you wanted to go we over first, all... go for it. No, that's well. That's I have that in there. I just had to find it on my ordeal. So I think it means that in one that we're all sort of monsters that have the potential to harm mm-hmm. others uh, when we go down that dark road of addiction, uh, when we become really selfish, we get lost in that. And I think sometimes I th- I think the fact that it was somewhere else kind of gave the idea that sometimes we hurt people that are close to us. Obviously, we know that. But we forget sometimes that we also hurt the people that aren't close to us. We're, when we're so wrapped up in our own selfish behavior and, you know, we're going out partying. And I think of, like, the drunk driver. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's easy to think, you know, when you're an alcoholic or you're an addict of some sort, it's easy to think, oh, you're hurting the people that love mm-hmm. you. But what about the people that don't know you that you hurt? What about the – obviously, the drunk driver is the most um, recognized way. Mm-hmm. But it could even be just the the person at your apartment complex because you're playing your music at 4 o'clock in the morning extremely loud and you're keeping their kids right. up at night. Um, you know, it, it seems ridiculous, but it's – you don't see them. And what we saw with Oscar's uh, character – that's Jason Sudeikis. He stopped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he just kind of didn't care at all about the destruction. I would say that he he cared, but in the wrong way. He saw it as a way to now become something, right? And to control her. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Like it made him, it made him feel important. Yeah. yeah. What did you think it meant? Boy, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I definitely can see the shades of, um, of, like, I agree with, you know, what, what, what you're saying, um, with a representing, like, our, each of our capabilities of being, um, a monster. I would say it's probably more broad than that. Um, and maybe not, or, yeah, I'd say it's more broad, um, in the sense that it's not each of our capabilities of being a monster, but our capabilities of, of being bigger than just one person. Um, cause I mean, if you think okay. about like at the very end, you know, when she goes to soul and she steps in the spot where the monster always appears, the monster then appears back in like, I don't remember where it was. Like it was in, like fucking monster inception. Yeah. Was, that was fucking weird. But, but that's what I'm saying. Right. It's like the monster quote unquote represents the ability each of us have to being something more than just one person. It can represent us being a monster. Like, um, the non-monster giant robot that Oscar became uh, when he let that like tiniest taste of power get to his head and just spiral into him being a total asshole. Um, And then also it represented her being able to save the people of soul and just fucking instead of hurting just fucking throw Oscar into the horizon, (laughs) which was my favorite part of the movie. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I mean, oh that was pretty good oh man that was pretty fucking good um, um that's i mean so, that's the only thing so i can think of I, is that, that that's what that represents so something I, I wrote a couple of things down here one um was it ted or tim i can't remember was it Who? tim her boyfriend the oh boyfriend. uh the it's one of those tim. two i have tim and ted tim. written down here okay so tim this is what I wrote down. Tim is an oh, yeah. ass. All he did was lecture and mm-hmm. belittle her. He, so I'm like, what's her backstory? Why the hell is she willing to take this shit from him? Because we don't get any of that. Like her parents aren't there. She's living in this house that has no furniture. I don't. I must. I don't know if I dozed off or just like walked away for a minute to get another beer. But I don't know why the hell the house was vacant and she, you know, the family's not there. I um, don't know. And I don't remember if it. Yeah, I, like there might have been like some I line have fucking questions because um, like it's I haven't watched it in like a couple months at this point. Uh, I don't recommend watching it again. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> I don't think you need to. I mean, honestly, uh, that's fair. So I don't know. I, I think that I mean that does though bring to mind something I did like about it. That I thought was kind of refreshing is that at the end of the day, it wasn't the new boy. It wasn't the old boy, and it wasn't the friend. Like none of them ended up being the catalyst for her, With her. to be to being a better person. It was something that she had to find in herself, no. and I liked that. I thought that was refreshing. True, true, but it, but it, yes, and it took somebody really taking that control even mm-hmm. further. Uh, when when Oscar and Tim meet. When he comes to the bar, he came in. Oh, that scene was fucking... That was like five minutes too long. Yeah, well, the fireworks were kind of fucking weird. But I thought it was... I thought when he was like asking him those questions, like, what's the most irresponsible thing you can do in a bar? I really thought he was going to say it's irresponsible to be rude to the staff. Like, I (laughs) thought Oscar was going to stand up for her. I was waiting for it. Like, it was so set up Mm -hmm. for that. 
he was like the night show. Like, don't fucking talk to her like that sort of thing. It's irresponsible. It's like, no, it's lighting fireworks in my bar. What? But so okay. What the hell? I, I was reading things online because I was like, I was like, I, I kind of understood what they were going for. I do think that, that scene was way too long. Like, it just was. It felt very Chaos. dragged out and dragged. Like, just felt like it was being dragged on for too long. Um, but the, so I guess the reason they were going for that was they were trying to show that like. Um, it wasn't for Tim. It was for um, and Hathaway's character, uh, Gloria. It was like that display was meant for her. It was meant to show I'm willing to just fuck my whole bar up, my pretty much my whole life up. That yeah. I because he had even had lines about like his dad owned it. Now he owns it. Um, he was willing yep. to fuck all of that up just to keep her here and just to keep exerting that control over her. And like that was the per- and once I yeah. read that, I was like, oh, that, that makes more sense. Um. It does. But see, then that brings up uh-huh. questions. Like, he was fine with her, and he was real nice to her. I mean, he kept a shitty-ass place. His his house was mm-hmm. a mess. But then the whole thing with Joel, that happened, that glimpse, and all of a sudden it went from zero to, like, Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight. Like, what See, that's hell? another reason why I want to rewatch it, because I want to see if there's any more, like, clues or, like, kind of droppings of like hints that uh, kind of foreshadow he's that nuts. he's a fucking loony. Uh, Cause well, it does do it. feel super uh, sudden. They, they go back to it. It does. And it just seems like, Oh, you're jealous. Cause you didn't get to sleep with her. Your buddy Joel. But did. even before that and though, think about sudden... like when it revealed, like when they were kids or whatever in the park, uh, people who've never watched this movie are going to like but be like, what later. the fuck are they even talking about? Uh, but like he, like, you know, that was like the seedings of like a psychopath. Like he was smashing her, her thing, yeah. I but know. I, if I remember correctly, that was later. Like, yeah, it was shown later. That whole that turn. Yeah, but it just. No, yeah. I, I do get what you're saying, though. It felt. I sudden. just think there's too many unanswered questions. And here's the thing: if you strip away the whole kaiju mm-hmm. thing, and you bring it down to just a a story, relational story, which, spoiler alert, I love this. I think I talked about this in one of the uh, one of the previous mm-hmm. episodes where I really like anything movie wise where there's that relational. I think connection. it was episode three. I love that. It, awesome. Go back, listen to episode three. Tell me what you think. Um, but <laughs> so I like that. I was looking for that in this film, and I felt like the writer wanted to go mm-hmm. there, but never quite could figure it out. So they, I don't know, I. I there's something weird where I feel like the writing on this was done on a merry-go-round or a top and they kept bouncing back mm-hmm. and forth to keep balance. And at the end of the day, the top fell the fuck over and nobody gave a shit because this movie is weird. I, so, I mean, I, I agree. It is weird. I, I think at the end of the day though, I liked it. I, I would put it like, I would give it like a, I would give it like a seven and a half, out of 10. Oh, damn it. You can't see. Now you, oh, you done fucked up, what? Bradley. Now we've got ratings in our take a gander. <laughs> Jesus. We don't have to have ratings. I'm just, that's my own personal. <laughs> nope. You, you did right. it. You did it. Now we have ratings. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I'm I thought it was uh, a rare example of, and I mean, I hate talking because about it because I, just based on my experiences in life, I don't know if, I, I definitely don't have the, um, the experiences to draw on um 
to use as an example, but I do think that it was a rare example of a strong female character uh, done well. Yeah, I, I just think there's better films out there oh, for sure. that. I, I don't know. I mean, and I think it took way too long to get to that point. And because we never saw a reason behind it, I, I just think that it fell flat. So at the end of the day, uh, I'm glad I watched it because it was definitely an interesting movie and it was worth talking so about. So what would you have done differently? Uh, and I, I think what would, you, what, would you, what would you have done differently with um, the story? Oh, my goodness. And I'm asking um, you because when we talk about Greatest Showman, I will be going over things that I would have done differently. Just to make it fair. <laughs> so, fair. Um, I I don't think the kaiju was necessary, but if that was if you if you're, if you're dead set on having that <laughs> kaiju uh, analog for anger and destruction, fine. Um, I just think there needed to be more backstory. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. Maybe maybe if we would have seen something else from their childhood a little earlier yeah. on, maybe seen a little bit more of why. Because I, I think that the number one question that I had was um, why why. Why Why is she willing to accept this behavior? Like, I get why she's not – like, we know that she's an alcoholic. We know that she's dealing with this, this whole party mm-hmm. ordeal. We kind of hear clips of how she was, she was always really smart in school, and she, was, she made it. She got out of there. Oscar talks about that, how she got out of there, and she was going to make it. She went to New York. She was going to be a writer, but then she got fired. So that all comes up kind of later. I think – think that stuff could have been revealed earlier Mm -hmm. on to make you care more because here's the thing i don't care if you're if you're being treated poorly like she's being treated poorly by her you know this live-in boyfriend but rightfully so yeah the very opening scene with her she comes in in the fucking morning lying to him about where she is but she's been out drinking all night and he's providing for so i don't have like i'm not upset with him and I'm I'm kind of like fuck her. Who cares? Yeah, I think for me. And then I, I mean I agree. I think for me the point when I started like seeing her as, uh, I guess you could say the protagonist, like a, a good protagonist of the story, would have been once it slipped out of her control and Oscar started like seizing control. That's when I was like, I see this is not good for her. Um, and like I felt sympathy for yeah, her from that point. But to- I agree. I mean before I was just like. Oh uh, yeah, I mean he's he has a, every right to kick her out. Like that was, you know, yeah. And and I just thought like when he came back, the whole scene in the hotel with him was just a long shot. I mean, it definitely it, it portrayed him as this asshole, and you kind of saw it in some of the conversations. But it definitely portrayed him as an asshole. Now, now they had to switch his right. role, and I thought that was jarring because it was like here he's this concerned person. He came to see her mm-hmm. and this and that. And then as she started showing that he ha- that she was starting to have control, then he became this like the script flipped a little bit. He became very controlling and ignorant and, and mad yeah. at her. And you could never do that. And I, I don't know. I, I just felt like that was forced. And that character played two different mm-hmm. roles. I think it would have been better to have a maybe keep him as that supporting character or is that controlling character sort of pushing her, but then have another, maybe her sister, or maybe a mom, or maybe like a family member. Or maybe the guy that she slept with. could have been, yeah, 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 instead of just sitting at a different bar, cheering her on from a distance. Yeah, I, I don't know. Or Cocaine Willie. <laughs> cocaine <laughs> Willie? Darth, you mean? Yeah, I'm just waiting. Every, yeah, every time he said anything, I'm waiting for him to start singing. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, that's fair. Because he was in Where Brother, uh, Oh Brother, Where Are You? That's totally fair. Um, I think I think you're right. I think uh, the story, if if you had to keep it like the same length, um, if you had to cut anything out of the story, I almost would have would say cut out the whole um, side plot of her. Is she gonna sleep with the guy? Is she oh she's sleeping with the guy, even though she knows it'll make Oscar jealous or whatever. Like that. I don't think was overall necessary. Like it, that time would have been better served. I think developing a little bit more backstory for her, like you said, of like, you know, what's, what's her, what's like, why is she the way she is? Why is she willing to put up with people tr- walking all over? Why is she an alcoholic? You know, all this stuff. Um, so, but even that, even that was, there was only two incidents that I can think of in the film, the one when she goes to kiss him and then she says the, the comment about a, well, I guess it was three different, but they were kind of in the same one where she says they never introduce you to the nice, the cute mm-hmm. ones or something like that. And she's like, why do I always do this? And then the whole the kissing thing, he gets angry. And then she goes over to his house, but they were so separated that it felt like an afterthought. Mm-hmm. It felt like, how do we make, again, how do we make this character, Oscar, turn? And I think the writer just didn't write the story mm-hmm. well enough that he – or didn't write the characters well enough to um, – or good enough, I don't know, uh, to be able to progress into that. So they wrote these – it almost felt like, again, two different – like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Yeah. Hyde. And it's just weird. I think at the end of the day, I, I don't think it was good writing um, – I think it was good acting. I, I think it has a great cast. Yeah. That's the other thing uh, I was going to... I think if you just want to watch... Go ahead. Yeah, go no, ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a good cast. I, I think if, if you like movies that are a little weird, not your normal movie, yeah. uh, I, I'd say give it a shot. I mean, I, I don't feel like I wasted my time. And that's, that's something that matters to me because I will turn a movie off in 20 mm-hmm. minutes easily and never go back to it i'll turn a movie off 45 minutes if, into it i don't like to waste my time if we weren't going to be doing a take a gander on it would you have turned it off i don't think okay. so i think that i think the relational aspect of it had me going which i think that's what makes me <laughs> mad about it is it wasn't it's like it just it's like the the fucking carrot on a stick like it was just ahead mm-hmm. of me and made me keep going, but at the end of the race, I never got the damn carrot. Like, it never gave me what I thought it should have gave me mm-hmm. because it was so wrapped up in the stupid kaiju <laughs> part. And I'm like, oh, my Lord. Like, just get rid of the fucking monsters. Let's go back and deal with the, the emotional aspect right. of this. Um, realistically, you know what I need to watch now? I need to watch that Sandra Bullock one. Was it 28 Days? Because I feel like that was <laughs> – this was the kaiju version of that movie where she goes oh, to rehab. I've never seen that one. That's a good one, but yeah. So speaking anyway, of the cast, let's stop talking about no, this. Nonsense. I have one more thing I wanted to say. Speaking of the cast, oh, right. I'm not super familiar with all of Jason Sudeikis' work, but I, like what I do know of him, like I know of SNL and a lot of his comedy work. That part where he was able to just switch into this horrifying, like maniacal motherfucker, like just i was like whoa i was blown away i was like that's really good acting i didn't realize he was that good of an actor yeah i like that part yeah he's i i like him if you ever get a chance i know you don't have apple tv but if you ever get an opportunity or you know anybody that does mm-hmm. have it uh definitely watch the um 
Ted Lasso, okay. and then We Are the Millers. He's in that one too, and that's okay. a good one. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll add that to the list. All right, so yeah, colossal everybody. <laughs> All right, so the other musical you wanted me to watch was this little thing I don't think anyone's ever heard of called The Greatest Showman, which I refer to as The Greatest Jackman in all of my notes because uh, <laughs> jokes. <laughs> um, I, okay. I, I don't think I liked it. I, what? I, oh I don't goodness. think... I oh. liked parts of it. I liked parts of it. I liked elements of it. But overall, as I'm looking back and thinking about it, I definitely, and I watched it first. I watched it before Hamilton. Okay. So it's not like any, it's not, I can't even do the thing like, well, compare it to Hamilton. No, I, I will go over first with what I did like about it. Or well, I don't know. Should I go over what I first, what I first liked about it or what I didn't like about it? However you want. However you want. I'll go over what I didn't like about it. Just so we can end on a positive note. Um, So (laughs) one, I'm not a fan of uh, revisionist history type shit. Uh, Barnum uh, was a real piece of work and by that I mean he was a real piece of shit mm-hmm. um, I do not uh, like how they um, like I know that it was like inspired by the guy or whatever like it was a true story inspired by him or a, a, a story inspired by a true person whatever the saying is uh, I he was pretty much what I wish they had done instead was either just make it an original character not a Barnum just don't name him Barnum uh, and then pull elements from Barnum and make it more like lighthearted like they did. Cause that's what they ended up doing anyways. He wasn't like his actual person that he was based off of or get this. It would have been really cool if at the end it revealed that he was an escaped clone of that guy from prestige. Uh, <laughs> that would have been oh, dope. <laughs> so anyways, uh, Barnum, he was a piece of shit. He disenfranchised, or he he exploited disenfranchised people and vulnerable people and animals uh, just to make a quick buck. And um, I think the movie definitely yeah, glossed so. over that, which I understand why they did it. it I understand it why they did it, and I'll t- I'll touch right. about on that more when I go over things that I did like because I understand at the end of the day what they are going for with the movie. I just and I wasn't take a fan in of mind. It. Do do think about this. Like while while we know the history mm-hmm. now of Barnum and and how the circus came about and how bad it was for the animals mm-hmm. and the people, there was still a lot of good that came from that. And sure. I mean, you think about like how many? I mean, the the entertainment of it as a whole. But how many kids' smiles got? You know, how many people got smiles put on their faces? How many kids? I I'd read once like the same thing with zoos. People will complain about zoos and how it's so bad for animals. And while it is, and we do need to get better at this. You can't take away the fact that there are a lot of people who are trying to help zoos mm-hmm. get better and help animals because they went to sure. a zoo. So it is – I'm not saying we should continue on with the right. process. We should definitely stop it. And I think that's where when we look back through history, we do need to re- recognize that. Yeah. Like, yes, this is a bad thing, but there was good and bad from it. We need to stop it. Do not continue on with this behavior. However, mm-hmm. we also don't need to sit back and say, well, you know, it was worthless. But I, I think – to your point, it would have been interesting had it not been Barnum, had it been inspired by the the Barnum character uh-huh. in a way. But yeah, just be a, a different thing altogether. But I, I wonder then is 
I don't know. I, I don't know if there would have been a, like a family issue where they would have taken too much liberty right. or, or how that would have went. But obviously it wasn't a true yeah. story. And yeah, I think, yeah, no, you hit it on the head there. Uh, the, it almost felt at times like they were towing the line of like this darker side of, of Barn of like who he really was. But like they just kept shying away from it um, in the movie. And I was just like, I don't know. I, I think there's still room for for showing like the joy and the happiness that can come from um, zoos and circus and circuses and stuff like that, uh, but still be upfront and honest. Like, hey, this this had positives to it, but there's also this negative side to it. And I think I I thought they were almost going to go for it. Like the whole movie, I was waiting, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. And then, dude, when it fucking dropped, it was like a whole fucking rack room shoes dropping, dude. It was crazy. Um, <laughs> so, like, yeah, they, they, I, I, in the moment, I was like excited when the whole thing with, um, with uh, Jerry Lind was happening, where he was like, "Oh shit, he's gonna go for it." And then he stepped away and he's like, "No, no, no I gotta leave." And then she's like, and then I, apparently that pissed off Jerry Lind or Jenny Lind to be like, uh, "Oh, I'm gonna." kiss you now and and make you have troubles with your wife like it just i didn't like that whole i didn't like that whole part at all well to some degree that is yeah sure but based off of how they represented lind in the movie so that's the thing you can't pick and choose which parts of history that you want to represent with a story in my opinion i think i think you should you can i mean we saw that with hamilton as well i mean that was the same sure but hamilton was really good (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> I'm sure it was uh, had some historical um, accuracy to it. I don't actually know anything about Lind as um, as a person, but based off of what they showed in the movie, it seemed just out of nowhere that she was like even interested in him, uh, and like the whole part about like it, I almost felt like it it shied away from it and like made her the bad guy, but like making her seduce him, which could be accurate. I don't know to history. Like I like I said, I don't know, but it didn't seem like that's what they were going for at the beginning when they introduced Lind as a character. Well, if I rem- it's been a while. I've watched the movie twice. I really enjoyed it. And I, I did read through it because that's just the person I am. I read you know, IMDb. I read Wikipedia. I read National Geographic. You know, whatever discovery, whatever comes up when I'm kind of digging through these characters mm-hmm. and trying to get to know a little bit more about them and, and kind of to see that i'm always fascinated when they sort of take liberties uh, but if i remember correctly there was i i don't know if those two ended up having an affair or if it was just cons- they thought they were having an affair kind of like the whole hamilton uh-huh. and the sis- eliza's sister sort of thing um and this was one of those that they they pushed in there uh you did say though so how they you kept thinking that other shoe was going to drop like you kept wanting the writing to come back and really show the kind of piece mm-hmm. of shit he was i do think they teetered mm-hmm. on that um, basically when one, I did like the idea that it was showing that Barnum did, while he did exploit people, he also gave people that would have never have had a voice, a yeah. voice. And, and I think that was unique. And I think they did a great job of showing that and showing how these people stood up for themselves. And when, um, when you do start to see that where he kind of gets his head as bigger than, than it mm-hmm. should be. And he starts doing the hobnobbing, and that's when uh, that troop ends up breaking into that room. I can't remember for the life of me what that song was. It was uh, this is me, too. I, I believe it's been a yeah. yes, 
yes, when they walk in and he's like, oh, it's not this party's not for you. Um, and they just no, it's it's all for us because we're the people who are standing right. there. We're the ones who were getting laughed at before. And I, I think that was good. But, yeah, you're right. They still glamorized him when there was a couple of spots because even show like how he hurt his mm-hmm. family how it was at the cost of everything. Yeah, and so that uh, kind of brings me to the next point that I didn't like. So not only did I not... I was not a fan of how they executed the... Oh, are they having an affair? Are they not? Is he is he being seduced? Or is, is she being seduced? Like, that whole thing. Not only was that, but then immediately afterwards, when he got home, uh, the whole argument with Charity, his wife, I just... it I hated that moment, too, because it, it just felt like... Like I one, I agreed with her, like just from a barely like a from a purely like perspective <laughs> or a, a subjective, I think is the right term I'm looking for, uh, uh, mm-hmm. form. Like, yeah, <laughs> like as for all she knows, like he's fucking off, uh, abandoning this thing that they were doing together with the uh, with his circus, and then now he's like uh, kissing this chick on stage. Like, I I get it. Like that's that's that sucks. But also it felt the way that it was it one, it was ultimately impactless in in the overall movie. Um, It was resolved, I think, in the next scene when he Mm -hmm. goes to find her at the beach or whatever. Um, It just felt like um, it felt like that typical like, oh, if only the damn girl would listen to her man. Like it felt like that scene. I'm like, I'm just not a fan of that. Like it's just it feels outdated Um, to have that. It kind of I don't know. I would have preferred if that if they really wanted to do something interesting with that they should have had it be resolved in that scene and not be like oh she's leaving yeah, it's I, a, you know to have that tease like oh he's he really fucked up oh no never mind he's good i don't know i just it, it felt too typical of the hollywood shit it it does but it also i it was sort of the lever there to bring him back or the catalyst to bring him back sure because in order for him to leave that was him abandoning not just his family, but also. Sure, and I'm not arguing family. him leaving. I'm so, arguing the fact that they had a, a breakup, and then the very next scene, it was resolved. <laughs> like it, I hated uh, that. Um, it just felt meaningless. Yeah, and, it was yeah. rushed. <laughs> uh, which, speaking of um, being rushed, I I'm a huge fan. Okay, of Zac Efron and Zendaya, I love those two. I thought they were great performers. I think they're great actors. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not a fan of how um, their uh, their relationship felt kind of sudden. It didn't it didn't feel like it had enough room to breathe. And on top of that, um, like Philip um, is that his name? Yeah, Philip. Um, there's so many people named Philip mm-hmm. here. Uh, Zach Efron's character. I I didn't really care for the, f- the first scene where he first meets Ann Wheeler, um, and like immediately falls in love, like love at first sight. Like, yes, I mean I get it. Like they have so much moving parts going on in the story. I get I get why that took second fiddle, but I would have preferred that to take on more of a um, like center stage for the overall story versus like that dumb shit with Jerry Jenny Lind. Is it Jerry or Jenny Lind? Jerry, Jenny Jerry. Why do I, I think there's a, a professional wrestler called Jerry Lynn. I think that's why. Oh Anyways. God. Well, there it is, folks. Shoehorn I would have again. preferred them to have <laughs> devoted less screen time to Lind and Barnum's 
pseudo love triangle uh and instead put more in See, with wanna... um philip and Anne, in my opinion i i and i i can i can respect that. honestly dude and honestly i know and my opinion is correct because listen all right <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> it it and i don't think it's i don't think they're going for it at least i hope not but what it seemed like to me is it seemed like philip his only attraction to her as a person or and as a character was the fact that she was exotic quote unquote right like there was nothing about her as a person and Wheeler as a person that I feel like Philip was shown to be attracted to. Um, and that it yes. just didn't feel authentic it, it, to me. It felt yeah. shallow. And, yeah. It felt yeah. very shallow. And if shallow. they had been able to incorporate more time to, to, to developing that relationship, it would have made the scene later when his parents are like, what are you doing with the help or whatever, uh, that whatever the shit they said, yeah. um, it would have made that more impactful with him going biting pushing back against that and then coming to her and like being like they have closed minds like i don't know it just would have made it more impactful if they had been able to spend more time on it yeah I think also it's it's a selfish thing because i want to see more zach efron and zendaya like talk about beautiful people jesus <laughs> that's fair oh yeah yeah that that um the choreography mm-hmm. in this movie is uh, phenomenal and i love the music and I actually had read uh, something a while back when i was really kind of digging into it before and uh, I guess it's a common thing is the soundtrack is really good, but the greatest showman movie is shit. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's, and I, I truly, I, I think that's, I watched it twice and I think that's why I did it. I remember the first time I watched it immediately. I like, I was looking on YouTube to see karaoke versions mm-hmm. of songs because I, I love that type of um, music, but I, I, I'm with you. <laughs> I, I think that was rushed. I don't think there was enough, meet there in that relationship to really justify it. I think the reason they did that was nothing more than to anchor this pretty boy silver spoon in his mouth going into this strange mm-hmm. world and loving it yeah. more. Uh, and I think what what we what we took away from that probably pretty similar is just that yes, that relationship felt very rushed. It felt mm-hmm. pasted on. It was like you know, much like we talked about with Colossal where that whole relationship with Joel was only there to, to make a move in a different right. character. So there was no reason behind it. And I think in this one, that relationship was just there to make his move into justifying that he was willing to give up everything for the, and, and you're right. It feels very dated because, you know, which, which I guess that's what they were going yeah. for, but my God, the choreography, Yes, which that is a perfect segue into things that I do like about this because there are things I really liked. I thought the the choreography and like just the spectacle of it was really well done. Um, Like any any scene where they were like dancing in the circus and like dancing and singing and you know trapeze artists flying around. Like I I thought it was all really really well done. And that's and that's why I like the film version of a musical over the Mm -hmm. theater version of a musical. And I think whoever directed this movie, um, I think, this I, is like I think that person needs to go I think to their first directing job too. Well, they need to talk with Lin Manuel <laughs> to make a screen adaptation for Hamilton because I think it would be amazing. That'd be dope. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just, I mean, one of my favorite. Do you have Do you have a favorite like song? Yes, or I have uh, section. I have three that I really like, um, and I I like them all for different reasons. Um, 
I think probably my favorite song out of all of it is Never Enough uh, by uh, Lauren Allred. Holy shit, dude. When I first heard that, like, I, I was like, I was like Barnum. I was like Jackman in the movie. I was like, my jaw was open. I was like, holy, that's like an angel. Like, that's an angel singing right there. Um, yeah. I looked up some of her other stuff, and she does a lot of really, she was, I think, the, I don't know if she won The Voice or she was like a finalist on The Voice, but she was like, yeah, something amazing, like that, yeah. amazing um, singer. Uh, so I definitely like that one for the, the actual, like, music part of it the best. I really liked um, uh, Philip and Anne's song, uh, Rewrite the Stars. I thought that was a really beautiful and heartfelt mm-hmm. song. Um, and it was... I love the chorus. That one was also really good. Cool. It reminded me of the... Uh, yeah. Have you seen the second Spider-Man? Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home? Yes. At the, at yes. the end when like him and MJ are swinging. <laughs> it reminded me yeah. like Peter thought it was going to be like that from the the greatest showman but it was it was instead like what she was shown i thought it was really funny uh the choreography for that was really good but i think the reason i really liked that one the most was it, it was almost enough to carry that whole relationship honestly just that whole that whole scene um i'm a huge fan of um of being able to overcome strife which i guess they didn't overcome at that moment but i don't know i'm a fan of that kind of uh emotion and feeling in a in a song uh, but speaking of dance routine and uh, choreography, um, the other side with Efron and Jackman, I thought was fucking phenomenal. Yes. It was really, really good. I, that's not, it is. And that's not my favorite song at all in the film, but that is hands down my favorite choreography. And that really goes back to the old days of like, and especially because it has mm-hmm. tap dancing in it, but that goes back to that old style of musical that I really love. And man, that is phenomenal. I that is so entertaining yep. to watch, so entertaining. Um, and even with the bartender, how he he plays mm-hmm. that role in it as yeah, well. Yeah, the enabler. Um, and I, I just yeah, love that. I love that. Yes, the enabler. <laughs> um, there is. I'm trying to think of which song it was that I really really liked. I'm looking through it. Man, I should have watched this again. Um, it might have been "Come Alive." Mm-hmm. There was one that Hugh Jackman did, um, and it was it really impressed me. So if you ever get a chance, you can go on YouTube and watch some of the behind-the-scenes footage, and there's a specific one that he sings, and I think it was Come mm-hmm. Alive. Um, but he had he flew to this reading, uh, and they were doing the, the vocals and whatnot, but he had just had some skin cancer removed from his nose. So... He was all bandaged up, and he wasn't supposed to do anything crazy. I think he had stitches in his nose and whatnot, so he wasn't supposed to do any singing or whatnot. And you can watch this, and it's so great because it's like there's another person who's singing the song for him, but then it just takes over him, and he just starts belting it out. And I think that's one of the reasons I did like this movie a lot is just to see he is so talented. Like, to go from Wolverine, which he's this behemoth, you know, monster of yeah. a man, you know, who ate like a whole chicken and a dozen eggs a day or whatever to, to gain that weight and just be this like force of action and, you know, the spectacle mm-hmm. of a man to turn into this and this voice that comes out yeah. of him. Oh, I loved it. I just, and his smile, you know, Hugh Jackman just has such a charming smile. 
I really like He Hugh seems Jackman. like a, a real nice guy. You're out there, Hugh Jackman. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and all the stuff with him and Ryan Reynolds just makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely out of everything I everything that I like the most about the movie, I think I do like the music. I like I liked it a lot uh more than I thought I would. Uh when I originally was going to watch it, I was like, "Oh great, another fucking musical." <laughs> but I really enjoyed the music and this harkens back to what I was saying before with like the whole revisionist history and I get what they're going for. The music is more in my mind about what the story, what you should take away from the story than what's happening on screen. The music um, is hopeful and inspiring and really beautiful at times. Like it's, that's what I enjoy the most about the movie. And I think it's really good. Like I, I have several of these songs now added to my thumbs up playlist because like I listen to like, that's a fucking great song. So, um, but yeah, Jeremy. Oh no, I scared him away. I scared him away. He didn't like it. He didn't like my answer. He hates me now because I didn't like the greatest showman. Well, podcast listener, I guess you'll have to be my only friend now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. You there? <laughs> All right. Yeah, I had to take a break for a minute. I yeah, I did. Keep talking, but that I was did. A long. Uh, I talked for like 30 seconds. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> you did. I'm glad that you enjoyed the movie uh, for mm-hmm. what it was. And I, I think that um, I had talked to somebody before about this one, and they asked me if I saw the movie La La Land, which I have oh, yet yeah, to I see. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that movie. Uh, which I, I have seen that. Yeah, I really want to. It hasn't came up on any of my streaming services that I know of, uh, but that one I was told is, so The Greatest Showman is for people that enjoy uh-huh. musicals, and La La Land is for theater people that enjoy <laughs> musicals. So I was like, okay, so I really want to see that and see the difference. But yeah, I, I think The Greatest Showman, it's the movie itself, it is what it is. I, I don't think it's anything to write home about, whatever. It is definitely the choreography and the soundtrack that yeah. sell it. And and I think that's and really pushing towards letting the little guy have their voice, you know, letting mm-hmm. the the people who who wouldn't normally get a voice have a voice. I wish I could remember Steve Jobs quote um, if you, you'll probably be faster than I am. He, he had a quote on one of um, one of his ordeals about like this is for the geeks. This is for the freaks and whatever else. And I feel like they were definitely going into that. Uh, and I think that. You know, in today's society, the underdog is no longer the underdog. It's cool to be a geek. It's cool to be that nerd. And, you know, everything that used to be something, you know, things like D&D. I mean, hell, we're sitting here having a podcast, and we talk about D&D. And we talk about board games. Who huh. would have thought? Or in superheroes. I mean, who would have thought about this 20 years ago? We would have been the, we would have been the outcast. And now this is what's hip. This is what's cool. Did you I find the quote? <laughs> no. uh, so yeah, I, I'm glad you yeah. watched it. Uh, I think you know. So musicals are so weird. It was right? interesting, at least for me. Like as I, after watching them and then thinking about like, you know, 
what did I like about Great Showman? What did I not like about it? What did I like about Hamilton? What did I not like about Hamilton? Which I spoiler, I don't. I, there's I can't think of one thing that I didn't like about Hamilton. Um, musicals are so weird to me because I I have to put myself in like in a different state of mind to watch and enjoy them. Um, it took me like probably half an hour to to do that when I watched The Great Showman specifically to like understand that the the singing and the dancing that is representative of the conflict being progressed of continuing of being resolved uh whatever the story demands at the time that's what the dancing and the singing represents it's not one of those cases where like oh my father's dead i'm gonna start singing in the street now (laughs) like i'm I'm homeless and i'm an orphan you gotta remember too recognizing that in a music recognizing that is what the character changed it for me yes yeah well in a musical you have to realize that the characters don't realize they're singing you know and that's i think that is hard for people who don't watch musicals to get over and once you get that in your head that they don't know they're singing they're just talking they're just Mm -hmm. having this conversation we're seeing it as more than that it's all it's like one of the things that happens in films and uh, Haley and i discuss this and we joke about it all the time uh but where two people were having a conversation and then they pick the conversation up in the next scene, but the next scene they're driving down the road. What the hell were you two just talking about for the last <laughs> <Yeah>. hour? Like <laughs> what happened? So we'll do that. Like intentionally just stop a conversation. And then an hour later, we'll pick it up in a weird place just because why not? <laughs> so yeah, I, I think sometimes musicals can be very jarring in that sense, but this one when I watched Hamilton, I, I immediately thought of The Greatest Showman. I like musicals. I liked Moulin Rouge. I thought that was a fantastic one, and, and a lot of the older ones. Um, Singing in the Rain is pretty good. <laughs> uh, so uh, The Wizard of Oz is good. Um, so I, I would say that I just – I realistically, the only reason I wanted to to have you watch both of these together was because I thought it was an interesting um, – compare and contrast situation yeah. between the two so yeah I'm glad you watched so uh, yeah i'm glad i watched them as well i'm glad you you made me watch hamilton for sure and even the greatest showman as much as i didn't like it i do appreciate having seen it um just for the music at the very bare minimum um but there's something yeah. i was going to say after, after thinking about what you said about you know, when we're talking about revisionist history with, with uh, Barnum and how he was represented in the movie versus Hamilton and how he was represented in the production, um, it, there is definitely a double standard there, uh, I will admit, for my own. I think it's easier to shit on The Greatest Showman when I didn't like it overall uh, as much as I liked the Hamilton. Um, but I will say this as an argument. Um, Hamilton, I don't think in the production they ever shied away from his weaknesses um and representing them like in a um like an honest way you know like the whole thing with him cheating on his wife and then you know the potential cheating with her sister and all that stuff and his um his unwillingness to they embraced his struggle uh yeah i definitely think that they went with a barnum can do no wrong narrative with the story of the greatest showman which not my cup of tea, but I do, at the end of the day, understand what they're going for with the whole music being the hopeful part. So I'll, I appreciate yeah. it for that and yeah, that alone. Well, I mean, oops. 
So yeah. there you have it, folks. Three movies that uh, we, I guess, somewhat <laughs> enjoyed. They were entertaining. I think. <laughs> I mean, at the yeah. very least, it was entertaining. I think I probably liked Colossus more or Colossal more than you liked it. And I think you liked The Greatest Showman more than I liked The Greatest Showman. And then we both fucking yeah. adore yeah, Hamilton. So it broke yeah. even at the yeah. very least. If, if you've watched if you if you're only going to pick one of these movies, definitely go out mm-hmm. and watch Hamilton. Uh, but but I, I'd recommend if you if you're somebody that just enjoys checking out new things, things you haven't before. Uh, which honestly, if you're listening to this, <laughs> you probably do. Uh, so <laughs> go ahead and check out Colossal yeah. as well. I definitely think it's worth. Uh, it's entertaining. It's pop some popcorn, eat some goobers, and uh, you know watch Colossal. Yeah, it's worth now, it. Uh, but you will have question. to pay for if it. You, so let's say if I had told you to go watch Colossal, but I told you what it was about. I told you that, like, okay, so Anne Hathaway plays this alcoholic who has to move back home, but she's actually a kaiju uh, whenever she walks home drunk and she goes through a park. She she actually transforms into a kaiju over in Seoul, uh, Seoul in, in South Korea. Uh, <laughs> would you still watch it? I mean... Probably because you know, at the end of the day, it's 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 a friend of mine telling me or suggesting something to me, and typically I try to do that unless it's a huge time investment. Mm-hmm, I feel it. Um, you know, when people are like, "Hey, you need you need to go watch this series," like, "Oh yeah, how many how many uh, how many you Listen, know seasons okay. is it? What's well, currently on season seventeen? The Expanse like, is so good. <laughs> no." Yeah, no. Watch um, it. But no, uh, yeah, I I think it's pretty cool. Um, I, I yeah, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it was entertaining. Um, so, so that brings us sort of to yeah. a close. Now we have to figure out what's the next take a gander. I don't know. So we have done music. We've done movies. Huh. I think. This is going to be a little on the mm-hmm. nose. What is it? I think we should suggest a podcast to one another. Okay. Well, I have my answer already. Okay. Mine is going to be, I want you to go and listen to Above the Board. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, yeah. What? What's um, <laughs> it's called Oral Sessions with Renee Paquette. What the? What the hell? I think I talked about it in one of the uh, first podcasts we did. It's it's (laughs) it's not bad. Um, I would suggest which one would be a really good one for you to start with. Um, Honestly, if you don't like pro wrestling, you might not like it. I would actually suggest maybe uh, one of the ones she does without one of her wrestlers. Um. Let me pull it up real quick on my podcast app. Yeah, this is actually a difficult one. Oh yeah, because you you listen to a lot of podcasts, so you you have to you have to narrow down your. I, I do. Um, actually, here's a good one. Uh, her seventh episode. It's called Q and Renee. <laughs> Um, it's where she and her producer friend, um, who has, yes, it's called Q and Renee. Um, what, what do you do? Do you do Apple podcasts? Uh, it should be on there. If not, it's on Google podcasts. 
Um, it's her seventh one. She does like a she does a bunch of uh, Q and A with uh, people on Twitter, but it's not just that. But it's that would be a really good introductory one to her as a personality um, to kind of like ease you into her. But the other one she does with um, she does one with Michelle Watterson that's pretty good and uh, Megan Olivier are also pretty good. And then obviously once you get into pro wrestling, because you will at some point, I'm going to get you into it. You can listen to the other ones and enjoy them. Hmm. <laughs> Probably not going to happen, but who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, is it Renee, Renee Paquette? Who? It's P A Q U E T T E. All right. All right. Okay. So I'm going to give you a very short one. Okay. And I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I listen to board gaming podcasts. I think there's a couple of them here that uh, offline, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what they are. Uh, and you can check them out if you want to. But the one for the Take a Gander, uh, it's called Real AF with Andy Frisella. Um, Andy Frisella is a uh, guy from, I believe, St. Louis. Um, right out of St. Louis, okay. Missouri, uh, which I kind of thought was cool. Um, he is, he started a supplement company with another guy, uh, but he is a very intense yeah. speaker. The specific episode I want you to listen to is number 67 called The Leadership Paradox. It's only 19 minutes long. All of his podcasts are very short, uh, and they're just you know quick blurbs of things that I think people need to listen to. But I think The Leadership Paradox... Uh, really resonated okay. with me. I, I know we don't talk about this often, so on this next take again, or we'll kind of get into why this resonates with me and, sure. and whatnot. Um, but uh, I just think it's really good. Uh, it is a little, sometimes he can be a little bit hard to get to listen to. I don't know if you've ever listened to anything like from Jocko Willink, uh, or he was an ex-Navy SEAL. Uh, definitely a cool dude to listen to. But yeah, Andy Frisella. Okay. Um, Real AF, it's one of the top podcasts right. out there. Uh, but I, I have more that I'll, I'll give you sure. at some point because this might be a fun one to go back yeah. and forth All with. Right. So there you have it, folks. Uh, another Take a Gander in the book. Yes. We hope you have enjoyed listening to us talk to one another about these three okay <laughs> films. And uh, we definitely hope you tune in on our next episode where we talk about yep. something. So, <laughs> so Jeremy, where can they find you on the internet? On the interwebs, you can find me on Instagram, really is the only place, uh, and that's boardgame underscore jer, J-E-R. Uh, you can find me on there. I haven't been posting a lot this year. I haven't really been playing a lot of board games this year. Uh, it's kind of yeah. weird. Um, last year we played so many. This year I haven't really gotten a few. Uh, I will get a few in. I'll, I'll probably be posting some stuff tomorrow on Sunday. Uh, we're still in January, although you'll probably hear this about mid-February. Yeah. Maybe. Um, Who knows? Or so we can release yeah, it tomorrow. What about we don't you? Know. Where else can, where can I find you? Uh, yeah, good. Where, uh, where so can you can you? find me, Pros Brad. Um I think there's some other scores in there um, <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, also prosbrad.com. And then you can find, um, or you can email us if you have any questions or you want to just chat. Um, 
at above the board podcast at gmail.com or above the board podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we'd love to hear uh, any feedback you guys can give us, rate us on the, uh, the podcast apps, all that stuff. Yeah. And, and you know, when you listen to these take a ganders, feel free to join oh, yeah. the discussion. Let us know what you think about these. Did we, did we say all the things that you thought or, or did we miss some things? And then on top of that, uh, I'd love to hear a suggestion for our yeah, next take a cool. gander. Um, it'd be cool yeah. to kind of get like so, a take a gander from the, the audience. That would be really cool. So if you're out there and you have a take a gander for us, please drop it at above the board podcast at mm-hmm. gmail.com. Well, folks, my name's Jeremy. That's it for me. Uh, and now that Jeremy's gone, we can get to the real podcast. Hi, everybody. My name's Bradley. Okay, okay. We're not done yet. We've got one more special treat for you folks out mm-hmm. there. Uh, we decided, yeah, so we decided recently that it'd be a really cool idea to get maybe some amateur musicians to be a part of our Take a Gander episode. Uh, so you may have noticed in the beginning of this episode, the music changed. And then you're about to hear it at the end of this episode. The music has changed as well. Bradley, you you heard this song, right, by Lux? I did, yes. I listened to it. It's really good. Yeah, so I know this guy. He uh, He works with me, and we got to talking one day about the podcast and about music, and he let me know that, yeah, he's really into doing sort of like jazz, hip-hop type stuff. So I asked him to let me listen to it and immediately just fell in love because this is that lo-fi, chill-hop just cool jams. Like it's mm-hmm. the kind of music you put in the background or you know, kind of actively listening to it when you're just kind of relaxing. I, I dig it. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, depending on like what I am doing uh, to stick with the theme of the, the whole podcast in general, whenever I'm doing something creatively, depending on what it is, I will actually seek out um, lo-fi hip-hop and, you know, like you said, chill-hop and like those jazz overtones to kind of get the mood right for myself to be in that creative mindset. So um, I will probably be listening to, yeah, I got to get that mood, dude. Um, So I'll probably be listening to his whole um, album and and everything that he's got on uh, any of his socials uh, whenever I'm creating in the future. I really like it. Yeah. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and finish the podcast out, listen to it all the way to the end. Mm -hmm. And then after the end credit ordeal um, stick around and we've put his whole track out there this one is called too good to be true it is on the album delicious which is on spotify Bandcamp, apple music uh, go check it out really cool down to earth dude go support him I really hope yeah I, I hope this guy makes it man he just he's doing a lot of good stuff out there I'm not sure if he's on any kind of social media or whatnot, but again, it's L-U-X-E. The album is called Delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, folks. Uh, also, Jeremy. We love you. Yes. The most important thing. Or, well, What's everything's that? important. Everything is important on this podcast. But another important aspect of this is we want to give a call out to any um, you know, musician, creator out there who uh, you know, wants to get their stuff out there or... Um, likes the podcast and wants to put um, music out where people can hear it, uh, hit us up, bubbleboardpodcast.gmail.com. Uh, and if you want us to put your songs up here for intros and outros, uh, we would love to do it. kind of fits with the theme of Take a Gander. So if we can just help build and promote um, content creators who are just starting out like us, we're all for it. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's it's all about community, folks. It's all about community. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's going to do it for us. Mm-hmm. Again, my name's Jeremy. My name's Bradley. We'll see you next time. Bye. Today, I am drinking Big Wave by Kona Brewing Company. It is very good. It's a golden ale. It's got nice notes of beer in it with some alcohol. And I'm sure there's like some wheat or something in it. How do I stop it? Here you are, Lux, with Too Good to Be True. (laughs) 